I asked somebody this week, I said, how in the world can we actually end up in John 8 and verses 39, that we're going to be doing 31 through 59 today, and our Bible verse for tonight in Experiencing God is John 8, 47. You, if you can't see God's hand of trying to tell our church something, I think you're missing it. If you can't see, if you're in both those studies and you can't see God's hand trying to speak to you, I think you've, you've, you've got a big old block on your head and it's frozen. You know what I mean? And God's trying to speak to us today as a church, as a people, and as a nation. We can see what's wrong. Can you see what's wrong out there? Same question I want to ask you before we dive into today's message. Are you really free in Christ? Have you really put all your worries, your stress, anxieties, everything on him? I think you're a people of faith. I really do. Even if you're a guest with us today, I know that you're a person of faith. You know why? There's potentially 20,000 pounds of weight right above your head. Look up. You see that pretty cool looking star up there? That's all steel, heavy grade steel. On top of that, it's probably 600 pounds of shingles. There's insulation. There's wood bridges up there. There's sprinkler systems. There's all kind of things that can fall in a moment's notice. And by the way, there's a crack developing back here in the building. We saw it this morning. Mr. Derek pointed out to me. So by the time this service might be over, if we get a little bit of shake, rattle, and roll, we all might not be here next Sunday. Anybody starting to stress? That's how people in our society will do you. And that's how the news will do you. It'll build up. If you read about something you're interested in, it will build you and build you and build you to an anxiety level. You're like, what are we going to do? Same thing we did before we heard that news. The same thing before I made up all this stuff that's above us, right? We're going to trust in God. If the Lord tarries today and we, we live, we trust in God. We walk out of this place, we trust in God. If disaster strikes, we trust in God. If the good times come, we trust in God. If the bad times come, and they will come, we trust in God. That's who we are as the people of God. We sing about him, him he being a good, good father. I actually meant it this morning when I said it to him. Did you mean it? You said, well, my father issues. We know my father on earth. I'm not talking about your earthly father. I'm talking about your heavenly father. That's who we were singing to and about today. There's a whole many people in this world. That's why the world's so messed up. It's because fathers have been messed up for so long. Get fatherhood right, especially when it comes to God. You'll get the child right. You'll get the wife right. You'll get the society right. We'll get the church right. We'll get our government right. We'll get right because we put God as a first priority. We'll take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 8. And were you blessed last week when Brother Jamie preached for us? And he, I told him he ministered to us. And, and our youth group, Nevaeh and, and the girls, Faith and uh, Brooke, they were our ambassadors for his daughters. And they kind of went in and, and just ministered to him. And I, they, he told me they've, they've never had that happen to them. So it was the first time. So our youth group, Mike's doing a good job. Your families are doing a good job of actually having ambassadors for Christ when people come and visit with us. So if you're a guest with us today, make a connection with somebody. You might be sent by somebody that's not a member. So you say, well, they didn't talk to me today. It's because they're a member. You didn't talk to them, and they didn't talk to you. They're not a member. But if you want to know somebody, listen, I'll put you in contact with somebody today, or just look around, and you'll find somebody who loves you and wants to be an ambassador for Christ and tell you about the love of the Lord and tell you about Town Creek. Well, let's jump into today's passage, and the sermon title is this, Unquestionably Free. Isn't that a good thing to think about? Are we free as Americans today? Within laws, right? There's guidelines and laws. We're free up until a point. As a football player, I know there's a, some football game today sometime. I'm not sure what time that is. Two people are playing. Two teams are playing. Uh, those teams don't have unlimited freedom on that field, do they? they got these big white lines painted on this side. they got big white lines painted on the end caps of the field 
and they have these people in white and black striped um, uniforms. So they can actually achieve their success today or they can lose, but they will win according to the rules or they will lose according to the rules. You say, well, I, there was that one time, that bad call, right? That's because we deal with humans. And same in life, you'll find out. You deal with humans, you'll get a bad call every once in a while. You deal with the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll get the truth 100% of the time. All right, let's get into back into, remember where we left off when uh, Jesus was, he's, he's speaking to the crowds, the, everybody that's a Jew, 20 years old or older, male, has come to town to, for the Feast of Tabernacles. And then now the week's over, people are breaking up, and we're actually, only Baptist preachers can make a month and a half out of a week, right? Uh, so Jesus is speaking to the multitudes, he's speaking to those who will believe in him, and he's speaking to those who will not believe in him. He knows there's people that's there, he said, you're here to kill me. And they've accused him of having a demon. They've accused him of all kind of different things. And now we're at this place where he is speaking again, not only to the multitudes, but he changes his focus. And this is what we should do as Christians. If somebody's willing, says, I will not hear or believe anything about you people talk about as far as the gospel. Can I encourage you, they're not a ripe fruit, don't pick it. Does anybody want to eat a green apple that's not supposed to be green? If you pick an unripe fruit and you put it in your mouth, what's going to happen? I got an um, unripe persimmon one time and put it in my mouth. Anybody ever done that? It'll draw your mouth shut. Don't mess with unripe persimmons. But when they're ripe, they're okay. Right? So when people, when you got people that just are adversaries of you and won't hear the gospel, share the gospel with them if they offend you and don't want to hear anything else you have to say, what you have to do is realize they're not ripe fruit and you got to walk away. You say, but that's my brother, my sister, fill in the blank. You've got to trust God to do his work. You're not the one who saves them. It's the Holy Spirit who saves them. And it's got to be the word of God that brings about that conviction tied with the Holy Spirit. Let's read in verse 31. Watch what Jesus does. He's been talking to the multitudes. He's been having some type of a spat, if you will, with the religious leaders. And you've got to be careful when you read this passage. Is he talking to the people at large or is he talking to the religious leaders? I think you can tell if you know the difference. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. What is he talking about there? Because some people will teach, and we're going to get to John 15. We're going to get into an experience in God. Some people will teach that people can lose their salvation. I'm not going to ask you if you were raised in a, in a congregation like that or a belief like that. Some people believe you can be saved on Sunday and then be lost Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, and then be saved again on Sunday, and they keep going from revival to revival, from church meetings to church meetings, and getting saved over and over again, they say. Well, let me just set this aside for you, and you will understand this. Jesus was clear he won't be crucified for you again and again and again. Look at that cross, and that cross is symbolic of the cross Jesus died on. How many times did the Lord Jesus Christ die? How many times must you be saved? Once. You can't be saved over and over and over again because the Lord Jesus Christ said he will not be crucified over and over again. You're a nobody when it comes to your sinful life. Do you understand that? I am as well. But you're a somebody whenever he makes you whole. So he's not going to let a nobody cause him to be... Well, Let's get a redo for Clint Smith because Clint sinned again this week. Clint feels guilty about it and still knowing how to confess that sin and get right or he wants to cover that sin up so nobody else knows, he's going to come and get saved again over and over and over again. Now, little children do that. When we talk to little children about salvation, they want to come and talk about giving their hearts to Jesus. And the parents said, listen, why don't you let them give their heart to Jesus? 
If you don't understand what sin is, you can't understand what salvation is. There is no need for a Savior if you're not needing to be rescued. If you're not in the deep waters, listen, you won't cry out. But when you're in need of a Savior, you know that I am lost and undone without Christ. Then and only then do you realize, through the power of the Holy Spirit drawing you, that you need to be born again. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 3. So let's look at today. He's now turned his attention to those who believe. These are the people who actually, they heard what he said, they've seen the miracles, and they're like, this has to be the Messiah. We believe. Well, who drew them to him? They didn't just come by themselves because they heard words. They came, why? Jesus said, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. The Holy Spirit drew them to Jesus. So here they are, they're listening. If you abide, if you stay in my word, this is the point of salvation. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And what's the truth going to do, church? The truth shall what? Set you free or make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. We have not ever been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, that's the religious leader speaking. Remember, there's people who believe. There's people who don't believe. By the way, just during this time, who's in charge of Jerusalem? Who's oppressing them at this current time? The Romans, that's who they want to get out from under. The Romans are oppressing them. They're not a free people. They, they, can do a, they, they give them wiggle room within their society, but they're under oppression of Rome. And, and what did Egypt do to the people of Israel? They enslaved them for hundreds of years, right? So when they say we're a free people, it's just a braggadocious boast that's not true. They're under oppression even here. Jesus answered them, most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Only Jesus Christ, the son, can make you free. Amen? You can't do it yourself. You can't be good enough. You can't give enough. There's nothing you can do to receive or accomplish freedom. It has to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 37, he acknowledges their knowledge of Abraham. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak what I have seen with my father, and you do not what you do what you have seen with your father. Now he's going to set them up. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. And by the way, just as a side note, what does James say about Abraham? That Abraham was saved how? Just like we're saved. Everybody, I used to figure, how did the Old Testament people get saved? They got saved the same way you and I get saved today and become a Christian. They got saved by faith. They put their faith and trust in what God said. They lived a righteous life because God said. And today you and I become Christians because we put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus has said, right? We celebrated at Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. He's among us. We said he is here. We give presents to recognize that we understand that Jesus came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. Easter's coming up. We're going to celebrate. We'll sing songs. There'll be funerals. There'll be all kind of katatas. There'll be all kind of things at the Easter service services and say, he died. He went to Calvary. He died on the cross. He really was dead. He really was buried in a borrowed tomb. He, he really did come alive the third day. Glory, hallelujah. He's alive forevermore. We'll sing that. We'll preach that. We'll pray that. We'll thank God for that. That's what we're saying. Jesus came to this earth, earth to save sinners of who we are chief, right? That's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, why he came. His name shall be called Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Verse 40, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you, what? The truth. 
which I heard from God, Abraham did not do this. You do the deeds of your father. And they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father. It's God. Now they're trying to blame God, right? These are the leaders. Abraham's our father. The Lord said clearly, Abraham didn't tell you these truths, I'm telling you. Now they're going to say, uh, our father is God. And so many people do this today. I passed by yesterday. I did a funeral yesterday, and I passed by on Whiskey Road. They, they call themselves Kingdom Hall, Jehovah's Witnesses, right? They're not. Jehovah's Witness, listen, it is an occult. If you get into an next, you see how they try to betray the word of God. They won't take the whole counsel of God. They'll take a portion. And if you're doing experience in God on page 268, you'll see there's probably well over 100 names of God, not just one name of God. Don't listen to somebody trying to put you in their bucket or put you in their category. You take the Word of God for yourself and see what the Word of God says. Paul encouraged the Bereans. He says, I'm thankful for you because you search the Scriptures daily. Many people just sit and listen. Whatever he says, I say. Whatever she says, I say. Be careful what you listen to, who you listen to today. Be careful what titles that you're going to, going to follow today because you can be misled. What does the Word of God say? Jesus said then, verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. How powerful is that? And then he tells them who their daddy really is, right? Your daddy's not Abraham. Your daddy's not God the father. You are your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in the devil. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and he's the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. How many people are sitting in a church today that will go to a church service are not of God? They'll sit here and nod off, amen, they'll owe me, and then they'll go right to sleep. They'd rather, oh, Pastor, we can't have church tonight because of the Super Bowl. We just, how many churches are canceled because of the Super Bowl? We're done by when we start at 5 and end at 6.30. What time does the Super Bowl start? That's when the pregame and all that mess starts. The game starts probably at 8, right? How many of y'all are going to sit and watch the whole Super Bowl? So I'm gonna get a, I might make it to halftime, and I'm going to fall asleep and just, I got to work Monday, right? Nothing super about that bowl. And I don't care because the Dallas Cowboys didn't play, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right? So listen, when we come in, we have all excuses, and we can follow who we actually serve. There's people who will skip. My oldest son was uh, one night, we were at a church, and the church we were attending, and he was a, a child, and he accepted Christ, and he wanted to be baptized, and he was nervous about walking forward, and that was the way the uh, church was. You come forward like our church. You make a public profession of faith. I'll go with you. I don't want no, Dad, I want to go by myself. We finally came, and he said, Sunday night, Dad, I'm going to step out. I'm coming forward on Sunday night. He's holding on to the pew. He stood almost the whole time during the service, and he was ready to step out. And the pastor said, listen, I know it's time for the World Series and Deacon so-and-so wants to get home to see the series begin, so we're not going to have an invitation tonight. Good night. I wanted to take the pastor and have a come-to-meet-Jesus meeting together because that was like, it was four years later before he went forward for baptism. It, and it was just one of those things that, listen, 
Why do we not give an opportunity at every time we preach the gospel? Because the Holy Spirit might speak to your heart. Today's the day of salvation, the Word of God says. Let's see if God's doing a work in your heart and your life. And when God speaks, you must respond. We know this to be true from His Word. When Jesus told them who their daddy is, their daddy was the devil. And by the way, here's the deal. If you're not a Christian today, your daddy's the devil. You're the devil's children. You're a liar. You're a thief. Nobody can trust you because you'll do things that's unimaginable in the human heart that's a Christian. You say, well, how dare you say that? Watch this. Just look around. Anybody ever told a lie your whole life? Raise your hand. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. <laughs> right? Anybody ever taken something that wasn't yours? Raise your hand. Even if you spoke something about somebody, you took their integrity away from them because you gossiped about them, that counts. Raise your hand. You're lying thieves. Look at that. Who can trust you? Why would God want to mess with you and me? Who are we that God's mindful of us? But he sent Jesus to die for those sins, any sin, that he would take them on the cross that we might be forgiven. In Romans 6, he didn't say, I saved you that you might be saved so you can sin and sin and sin and sin again. Paul says, God forbid. Your want to changes when you become a Christian. You want to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to do righteous acts. You want to be like Jesus. Your wonder changes when you become a Christian. Do you remember what it's like to be lost? So many people in the church today have forgotten, if they're saved, what it's like to be lost. I remember the days of being lost. And I've told you before, and I've told the children, and I've told you, listen, if somebody says sin's not fun, they're lying to you. Because I, I, I grew up here, you know, sin is just awful. There's no fun in sin. I can prove a point that there's, there's video or text or something other I can prove that wrong. Sin is fun. But the Bible says sin has a payday someday. Right? Sin's going to catch up. The Bible says be careful to listen to your sin. You might do it in private. It's going to catch up and be public. So today, listen, why wouldn't you take your sin and put it on the Lord Jesus Christ and say, listen, if somebody was to show you something of your past or talk about your past, and people always do that. We always talk about high school or middle school or college or the military. And what happens is when somebody says, that's not who I used to be. I did a funeral yesterday, and I said, this lady knew me B.C., before Christ. And she knew me after Christ, and I was able to do her funeral. Isn't that amazing? I was able to do her funeral in full, great conscience that I stand before the Lord forgiven that I could speak about the Lord Jesus Christ on her behalf, forgiven, because I've been redeemed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing I've done, it's all what he did. He, I found the truth. He, brought, he found me and set me free. Look at your notes, if you would, for a second. We'll get back to the scripture. Jesus preached to the large crowds who listened. And those crowds were the religious rulers who refused to believe in Jesus as Messiah and had for their will to kill him. We know that they wanted to kill him. But in the, uh, many in the crowd were those who believed. While the religious leaders rejected him, many in the crowd received him. Today in this church, when you walk out that door, some of you are playing games with God. Some of you will accept the Jesus Christ. Say, listen, I have never, ever heard that before. But if I change, I don't want to change my ways. I like drinking, right? Medical marijuana just passed the Senate this week. Our Senator Tom Young voted against it. Some people disagree with it. Well, Pastor, it's for pain medication or mediation. What's Myrtle Beach going to look like in about three years? Hilton Head, your favorite resort. We know when we look at the states that's past this, it's going to be, it's going to get, we went CBD because that's the best thing for medicine, right? But you got to get it at Rub It In Again Lounge to go get the CBD oils, right? Or everybody's starting their own online company. And then it's going to be medical marijuana, just lotions, Pastor, and vaping. That's all it's going to be. Have you ever been a, past somebody who's vaping? 
It's like the car's on fire. We know where it's leaving. It's going to lead to recreational marijuana. And it, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm so passionate about it for my grandkids' sake. It's not going to bother me too much, but my grandkids are going to be faced with that every single day. All the other drugs, yes. And you can be able to buy this mess at your local strip mall instead of a pharmacy. At least a pharmacy it's controlled by pharmacists who will lose their license if they prescribe something too much. This aggravates me and drives me insane. Listen, the house is still to consider it. And you might disagree with me, and I don't care. You're wrong. Go to Colorado and watch what happens. My wife said, what's fun? The guy said, uh, go down and get a doobie and uh, just go sit and look at the mountains. That's what the, the tourism department told Wendy to do when she was in Colorado. And we know what happens is because people like it because it says, well, this is pain mediation. My heart goes out to those people that are suffering in tremendous pain. I'm not saying that for somebody with no heart. I'm just saying we know where it's going to lead to. Most of the people who are for it have been for it for a long time, and they probably already got investments in fields somewhere that they can make the millions and billions of dollars that's going to happen. Church, listen, I'm telling you, it's too late once you've rung the bell. Do you understand what I mean? Once the noise is out, it's out. And I'm not a prophet, but we shall see. And I've had friends disagree with me publicly, to my face, and on Facebook. It's okay. I'm big enough to hear. I've had a missile shot at me. I'm not worried about words. Do you understand? I have convictions about this that it's going to destroy not even just our state, but our country. Every state's going to legalize. There's 37. Mississippi just did it this past month. It's coming. The question is going to be, can you serve as a deacon of Town Creek Baptist Church and smoke marijuana. Anybody got a problem with that? It's for pain management. What people don't understand is, what this thing leads to, they're talking about lotions and creams right now, but it's going to lead to smoking of marijuana recreationally. You say, well, I don't believe that. We'll see. Let's let it bear out. Ask law enforcement. Ask SLED. Ask the, the pediatric association that work with children how it damages the brain. When we were taught as young people, it's a gateway drug that leads from easy drugs to harder drugs, and then they're going to be stealing out of your backyard and your side yard or out of your house or your life to pay for their drug habit. You know this is true. We know this is true as a people. And yet we want to deny it and say, but there's three people I know that suffer from it, from pain. I am sorry about that. But listen, we know the, the bad outweighs the good. That's another sermon for another day. Let me continue. But the truth is, listen, brothers and sisters, if we don't take a stand, if you just watch the Senate for 30 seconds, you, that's supposed to be the mature people that are leading our state. You need, it makes you get to your knees and pray, oh, dear God, these are the people that are in charge of our state. These are the people that are in charge of our nation. No wonder the judgment of God is at our door. They have run so far from the truth. They pray before they start. They have a pluralistic prayer that makes ecumenical prayer that makes everybody feel good, warm, and fuzzy. And they say the Pledge of Allegiance, and then they go back and actually counter everything the, the chaplain prayed, and they counter everything that we stood for as a nation. They don't know the truth anymore. The truth is not setting them free. We have lost men and women leading us. That's the church's fault. It's our responsibility to raise up a generation that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, that knows this truth to be evident, that, listen, Jesus Christ is our creator. We get our rights from Jesus Christ, and we're going to march forward in his name. But the church has become cowards. We creep back because we don't lose our job, we don't lose our reputation, and we don't want people to actually argue against us. This is the same people that are here denying the Lord Jesus Christ. They saw his miracles. They heard his words, 
yet they liked it their way. They were getting rich from the way they were living. People, people actually esteemed them when they walked through town. This is what's happening in the New Testament. This is what's happening in our life as well. And really, technically, this is still the Old Testament because Jesus hasn't died. Look at your notes if you would. Jesus invested his time with those who believed. His message to them was to persevere in his word. Keep on keeping on in my word. If you abide in my word, my word will abide in you. I'm going to see you through. Jesus told his disciples, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't you aren't you glad that we have a God who says he'll never leave us nor forsake us? What do you think this truth did to these people? It's the same thing it's doing to you and me today. You read these words, you go, oh, me. That offends me. You're part of the crowd. You're part of the religious leaders. If you say amen, you're part of the believers. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ said, if you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. And by the way, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Who is the truth, church? His name is Jesus. Who is the way, church? His name is Jesus. We can talk about he's the life, he's the light, he's all those things that the scripture says he is. We serve a wonderful Savior. Would Jesus promise his disciples spiritual liberty if they remained in his word? Is that true? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you what? Free. You have liberty in Christ Jesus. You have spiritual liberty. You say, what about those communist countries and all those places where China's cracking down on Christians? Are they in bondage at all spiritually? Not if they're in Christ. What happens? If they're in Christ... They are free inside. You can be in the tightest prison dungeon. If you have Christ, you're free. Think of Paul and Silas. Chained to the wall, chained to the ankles, chained to the feet. And they were singing hymns at night in miserable conditions. Not like our prisons today. Some of our prisons today are like resorts. We've got to look out for the prisoner's rights. And we want to rehabilitate the prisoner because we want to make him good. And there's none that can make anyone good except God. A prisoner is treated good. Listen, it's just going to be... I had a friend who sold crack cocaine. You say, you, Pastor, you have drug-dealing friends? Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. Don't you? Church people hang around church people. You'll never change the world. No, you should hang around church people the majority of the time. Let me just let me caveat that. But he told me he made more money in prison selling drugs than he did on, in the streets. He wanted to go back to prison. As a matter of fact, he's now permanently, he made that decision. He killed a man in New Ellington. And he's permanently in prison for the rest of his life. He got what he wanted. We went through the same. We, he ate at our table when we were kids. And I've been at his house so many times when we were kids. And, and through life, we actually see we both had patterns, uh, paths to follow. And when you come to that path, will you follow the righteous way or the unrighteous way? You've got a choice to make, and I have a choice to make. Will we follow the truth? I've been spiritually set free. I have spiritual liberty only in Christ Jesus. You have spiritual liberty today only in Christ Jesus. There is none other who gives you that liberty. Don't look to a man or woman to give you that liberty. They will always bring you down, right? The government, we talk about the government, be careful you're talking about you and me because you elected them. He said, well, I didn't vote for them. If you didn't vote, you voted for them. So be quiet and don't complain. Amen? Do your due duty and go out and vote. He said, well, I voted for this one because that's my party. I don't have a party. I have the one that I can line up the best with is the best I know how, right? We have to do our responsibility. You say, well, the Lord's will be done, okay? He put you in America and South Carolina for you to actually turn 18, register for the draft, and also register to vote. That is your due diligence as a citizen. If you don't register to vote, 
don't open your mouth to me about complaints about anything that goes on in our society. From the school board, from local county or city government, all the way through our state to our nation, I don't want to hear it because you've got nothing to say. God has given us this opportunity to live in this country. He's blessed us abundantly. And what have we done with the blessing? Me, myself, and I. How do I spend it on me? How do I use my resources for me? How do I protect me and mine, not them and those? We don't go out much anymore. It's because we're afraid God, as Mike said, might call us to do something uh, that he will answer our prayers and actually fulfill that and use us to do that. The religious rulers objected to Jesus' words by claiming Jesus about Jews were free men because they were of Abraham's seed. Were they free men? They were in spiritual bondage, and they were actually in political bondage. They couldn't make their own decisions. They were not free men at all. They were just talking cheap, right? We called it talking trash when we were growing up. Y'all ever say that? Anybody know what I'm talking about when I say talking trash? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, good. We're on the same page. All right. Well, so look what Jesus did. Jesus contrasted the unbeliever's spiritual bondage against the believer's spiritual freedom. To abide in Christ is to have eternal life. That's what it means to abide in me. Once you're in, you can't get out. I met with somebody a couple weeks ago, and they said, well, Pastor, I've renounced my faith. I said, no, you haven't. Yes, I have. I said, you never had it. We've been watching. We know, that we know how you live and how you talk. You never had the faith. So don't tell me you renounce your faith. You're just actually taking an, emptying a seat in the church so somebody can actually hear the gospel. But let me tell you what a dangerous place you've been because Hebrews deals with this. It says, forsake not yourself, assembling yourselves together. Some have done so because some actually have left the faith. What does that mean? They've been snatched out. They look just like you. They were spray painted nice. They have all the chrome. They're sitting in church. They look like you. They sing like you. They pray eloquent prayers. But their lives prove out that they never belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when tough times come, when hard times come, they quickly disappear or dissipate and get away from those who say, I was never part of that anyway. That's why people out there say, well, I don't want to go to church, all those hypocrites. Any hypocrites in the church today? You say one thing and do another? Raise your hand if you're a hypocrite. Look around. We're full of it, right? All of us. Because we sin, we still live in these bodies. When I see men acting like women today, and y'all know what kind of ways, it makes the old country boy inside of me want to whip him. I want to do something wrong and say, I want to put his manhood back in him. That, that's, I'm, I'm just confessing before you, my brothers and my sisters, and those of you that aren't saved. It brings about something inside of me. Testosterone levels push up. And it makes me want to act in a very wrong way. I'm confessing to you. I'm not joking. I'm just telling you, it offends me and affects me in such a great way. It offended God that he destroyed an entire Sodom and Gomorrah for it. Listen, don't come back and say, well, every sin's a sin, Pastor. All sins are the same. The Bible calls it an abomination. Church, we've got to get serious and say what God says about sin. Yes, all sin is against God. But listen, when it's so flamboyant, we say we have to make exceptions to that. When men can actually compete against women and call themselves a, a woman just to compete. How crazy has that become in our society? Is anybody with me? But don't, don't amen. The camera's on me, not on y'all, so you won't lose your job, I don't think. But listen, it's going to come a day, it's going to come a day that you're going to have to put up or shut up. You're going to have to actually come and claim, what do you believe? And we're quietly going further and further away. We're getting people to lead us, to drive us in these wrong directions. It's the day we live in. The Bible says it's called them perilous times. First, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, read them. 
Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Children will be disobedient to parents. Is that coming? Is that here? We're right standing on the tip of 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Bible says they have a form of godliness, but they don't have the power thereof. They say, I'm a Christian too. Who are you to judge me? I don't judge you, brother, but God's word judges you. And when God's word judges you and speaks about it, I'm going to speak about it. I'm not going to back up. I'm not going to shut up. And I'm not going to put up with it as well. I, I might end up in jail one day. I said something almost 10 years ago, and I said, the church won't be the same in 10 years. And look, here we are. I want to profit. But let COVID hit, what everybody do? Scatter like roaches in a lit room, right? <laughs> scatter to all the corners where we want to go. Scatter to the restaurant. Scatter to Lowe's. Scatter to Walmart. Scatter anywhere I want to go because I want to do what I want to do, but I can't scatter to the church because I might catch COVID. Listen, you might catch COVID. I had it. Wendy had it. We have five students that had it not long ago. It's around us. It's here. There's another one coming, whatever it is. Don't let it chase you away from the people of God. Because what happens after spending some time in your pajamas sitting at home, this feels pretty good. Eating a waffle and bacon while you watch the preacher preach, while you watch the singer sing, it feels good. Hey, let's do this again next week. Well, you're over your quarantine. Let's do it next week. This just feels good because I feel more comfortable here because it's not safe at church. God forbid, church. God forbid. We have a pansy generation. Have we not? Don't we? Do we not? I don't belong to this generation anymore. That's what I, I messed up. I was born in the wrong time. Or have we been born for such a time as this? To speak the truth into the darkness. To, to light our light. Let our light shine before men that they may see our good works. Because we always like to shine our lights when it's bright outside, don't we? Because it looks like it goes further and, and it's bigger than it is. We know the truth. Let's continue this quickly. Let me, let me get this so we don't lose the scripture. Uh, Jesus announced himself to be the liberator for all sinful people who would believe. All sinful people who would believe. And go read Romans 7, 24 and 25. Paul talks about the freedom that's found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke directly to the people about their sin and their evil works. Can you tell somebody it's evil? Listen, homosexuality, evil. Transgenderism, evil. Stealing, evil. Adultery, evil. Go down the list. Every time that you talk about sin, you're talking about the father of sin, which is evil, which is the devil. Do you see it? Take the D off his name. What's it called? Evil. We're talking about the devil and his people. And we're, those people are getting in charge left and right. In corporations, in the society, in our communities, they're in charge. And they're calling good evil. And they're calling bad good. And we're sitting around quietly because I don't want to offend anybody, Pastor. Church, it's time to stand up and offend somebody in the name of Jesus Christ. What a shame that we're letting happen in our world and say, well, I just don't want to say anything because I don't want to lose my job or I don't want to offend anybody. I'm ready to go to war in the name of Jesus. Not to fight somebody physically, but to stand up against word for word. And I said to a brother who was a fellow Marine, he disagreed with me. And I said, brother, listen, we both, we both swore an oath to the Constitution of the United States to defend this country. Right? Foreign and domestic enemies. We, we, we swore to that. And that, that's a lifetime commitment, by the way. And we disagree on that issue of medical marijuana. I said, listen, we can agree to disagree without being disagreeable. Can we not? And all these other moral elements of, what does God think? Just think of God for a moment. If you know anything about the holiness of God, what does he think about our personal lives? And what is he thinking about society? 
It's going to break his heart how we're living today, church. It breaks his heart. And listen, judgment's coming. Here's the side notes. Go through the side note really quick with me. Paul told the Corinthian church to test themselves. Don't we read this? Even in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 11, we read it. And then here in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, here are questions we can ask ourselves to see if we're truly saved, if we're truly abiding in Christ. Look at these questions. I'll put these out for you. Has there been a time in my life when I trusted Jesus to forgive me of my sins and ask him to be my Lord and Savior? It's nothing about church attendance. It's nothing about being assemblies of God, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. Has there been a time that you've asked Jesus Christ to come into your life and forgive your sorry soul of your sins? You say, that sounds awful. Amazing Grace, y'all like that song? He used to say, what a worm am I? And people didn't like calling themselves a worm because that, that messed up their status back in the day. So they changed it to a wretch. And most people don't know what the definition of a wretch is, so you just sing it. And we sing Amazing Grace, right? What a wretch am I? That sounds like a wrench, like a half inch or nine sixteenths. What am I? You're not a tool of God. You're a sorry, good for nothing, broken nothing. We're nothing. We're nobodies. We're less than a worm. We're sinful. Yet Christ loved us. It doesn't make any sense at all. It'll blow your mind if you sit and process this for a moment. How great is our God. He saved us. He offered his only begotten son for you and for me that if we would only confess him as Lord and Savior and believe that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. He made it so easy that a child could understand it, that a teenager could understand it, that an adult could understand it, that a senior adult on their deathbed could understand it. He made it that simple, but yet when you think about it, it is so complex that holy God of all the universes loves me, wants to save me. Maybe, you've, maybe your sin's not as bad as mine, but it blows my mind every time I think about how awesome God is and how he saved me. Number two, am I obedient to Christ's commands? You can read there in the scriptures. Number three, do I follow Jesus' example? Number four, do I live free from habitual sin? Number five, do I live with the awareness of a divine presence within my life? Is my life God-centered? When I think about something, do I think about what does the Lord want me to do in that situation? Or is it, hey, that's going to make me a bunch more money. Uh, that's great for me. And my assets, my portfolio, right? My assets that I have all over town, if I sell that one or buy this one, is my life God-centered? And finally, let's finish these notes. I want you to see this so I can look at the scripture. Go back to verse 48 before I do the notes. Let me read it. Verse 48, then the Jews answered and said to him, do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Hey, by the way, am I going to see death? Can't because I'm saved, church. I have eternal life. I've trusted Jesus Christ. I believe, John 3, 16, that when Jesus said, for God so loved the world, that he, listen, what did he do for you and me? That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die, but have Everlasting life. Woo, I can't die. Listen, you say, well, if somebody shoots you, you'll die. Oh, this old body's going to stop. I know that. But I can never die. I've been saved. I've been redeemed. I've been sealed to the day of redemption. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you have too if you've been saved. But the question is, have you been saved? Are you just in church attendance? Are you just done some things at vacation Bible school? Or did you say some words? Do you know that you know that you know that you've been saved? That knowledge will replace all fear. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
makes you want to throw something. I just want to just, mm. praise God. Watch what he says, 52, if you pick it up there. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead? Church, what's the answer? Yes. And the prophets who are dead, are you greater than them? The answer is yes. Who do you make yourself out to be? God. Did Jesus make himself out to be God? Praise God, yes, he did. Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do not know him, but I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old, and you have seen Abraham? Question mark, exclamation point. Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, whoo, I am, I am, amen, amen. Listen, that's what he told Moses to tell the people of Israel, that's who he was. He's saying, listen, go back and look at a peach tree. Guess where it came from? Me, that's my idea. Go back and look at microorganisms. Go back and look at anything in this world. That was my idea. I'm the creator, God. I am the one. I am the great. I am, said Jesus Christ. People say, well, the Bible never says Jesus said he was God. What did he say right here in the text? I am who I am. Whew. All right, now I'm going to throw the pulpit. I mean, let's, let's keep going. We've got to bolt this thing down. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. How in the world can you hide yourself and walk through the middle of people? I read that and I'm like, wait a minute, he, he went. If you and I hide, what do we do? We go get in the closet, like to the, to the pressure passes by. There's a multitude of people. Where's he going to hide? What happened to him? How did he walk through the middle of them? Because they, 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 they're grabbing rocks. These guys were professional rock throwers, right? From the Old Testament, they could kill somebody with a rock. They were chunkers, right? They chunk rocks all the time. They took up stones. The religious leaders took up stones. And I'm sure they taught a bunch of people into doing it. It's like kids. When y'all start throwing rocks, you ever throwing rocks and stuff? Have you ever break a window out of a, of a house or some car? Yeah. Y'all with me, right? We don't understand. So when somebody starts throwing, everybody's got to throw. You got to show you got to throw harder. And that curveball don't curve, you're in trouble, right? Watch this. That's the last thing boys that get in trouble say. Girls probably too. They took up stones. How did he hide himself yet walk through the middle of them? In the midst, the New King James says. How? He's God. And listen, I believe, get ready for this. This is Clint's side note. This is the Clint's commentary. I believe he went invisible on them. There is no other way to hide and walk through the middle of anybody. Right? Try it. Mike, come, come here for a second. I want you to hide and walk through the front of the church. Ready? Everybody get your rocks ready. Ready? Ready? Look. How's he going to hide and walk right through the middle of the church? There is no possible way. Mike, turn your clucking device on and do it. I'm just kidding. Have a seat. Yo, I don't understand that. But the word says, listen, the word is true. Right in the middle of them, they couldn't see him. Did he cause them blindness? Did, it doesn't say that. It says he hid himself. He disappeared of somehow, some way, because he's God in the middle of them. Has he done greater things than this? The answer is, oh, yeah. Mount of Transfiguration, what did he do? Oh, boy's got to see his glory, right? He transformed, right, transfigured right in front of uh, uh, Peter, James, and John. 
And right there was Moses and Elijah with him. This is God we're talking about. Not just don't put Jesus over here in a box and put the Spirit in a box and, and put the Father in a box. God. And you say, well, that blows my mind. That's because he's God. You're limited. He's infinite. You're finite. He's God. Watch what they did. These crazy jokers, it's like America. Does this not sound like America? Just, if we could just change the story and shut the Bible, look what they did. The religious leaders resorted to racial slurs and defamation of Jesus. You were Samaritan. Was he a Samaritan? The Bible's very clear that the woman at Samaria of the well said, who do you think you are, a Jew, asking me a Samaritan, right? <laughs> Even the Samaritans identified Jesus as a Jew, and the very Jewish leaders who knew he was Jewish called him a Samaritan. That was a racial slur back in their day. You're not a full Jew. You're a half-breed. You're 50-50, right? And then they turned back around and said it again. You have a devil. They wanted to defame him from all. Everybody's listening. Remember, everybody's listening. And usually whoever's the loudest in the crowd gets the attention of the crowd. Isn't that true? You get people riled up or calmed down all at one point. They defamed him and with the racial slurs. They failed the test because of their spiritual blindness shown through their words and their actions. They're standing there with a rock with nobody to throw it at because they're messing with God. Isn't that awesome? Your adversaries might be messing with y'all today too. Listen, church. They might be ready to stone you to death at work or at college or wherever you might be. Listen, I want to tell you, he said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Listen, your, your adversaries are all around you. Yet there's one who says, I'm going to go with you through the fire. Right? Remember the Hebrew boys? Didn't even smell like smoke when they come out of a furnace. You say, well, I don't believe that. That's your problem. I believe it 100%. Not a hair on their head was burnt, and they didn't even smell. I love when the Bible says, they didn't even smell like smoke. Woo! That's awesome, isn't it? God fully protected them. And that's how he does you and me today. He loves you so much. He wants to walk with you. This God we're singing about, listen, you should be rearing back on your heels and shouting it. Out of tune, in tune. Who knows? I'm out of tune. I know that if y'all heard me. But I wasn't singing for you. I was singing to the Father I was talking to, right? I wasn't singing for you to critique me. You can critique me. It doesn't matter because I don't care. My praise was for him, not for you. Amen? Let's finish this up. Jesus declared their ignorance of God to them. He proclaimed to them that he is the great I am, and they missed it. The religious leaders picked up stones to kill him. Jesus passed through them. That's what the Bible says, what the Word of God says, what I believe wholeheartedly. It happened. But listen, here's some sad news today. Some of you have come to church for a thousand Sundays and you still don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've been coming in, listen, I believe in Jesus too, and, I, and you'll sing all the songs, pray all the prayers, yet your lifestyle does not bear out that you know Him. You know Him by name, but you're using His name in vain, right? I got this cousin. You ever do that? And your cousin don't want anything to do with you because you're that family member, right? He don't want you, don't you identify yourself with me because I know how you're living. Some of us do the same thing with Jesus. Jesus is my Savior. He's my Lord. And the Bible says if you say he's Lord, then he's, you're saved. There's a ministry in town, that, I mean, on television that does that. They close every service with that. And, but they also say all kind of, attribute all kind of other things to the Lord Jesus Christ that aren't true. One pastor, very famous this week, I was listening to the radio, and he, he's not normally on the stations I listen to, says, if you hear from God and it doesn't happen, you must have misunderstood God. The church, we're in the middle of experiencing God, right, the, the study. Did Moses know that God was speaking to him? 
Did Moses know what God wanted him to do? Was Moses prepared? He stuttered. Lord, I stutter. Can you send somebody else? Can you send somebody with me? But did Moses know what he had to do? Did he see the burning bush? Did he slide his shoes off because it was holy ground? Did God tell him he's going to Pharaoh? Was Moses' wanted poster probably faded by now on the town in, in, in Egypt? He killed a man. That's why he left. All the impossible human stuff, God says, you're going to do the supernatural stuff because I'm going to lead you through it. Pick David and Goliath. Go, go through and pick a story out of the Bible where people are obedient to God. God calls us to do the impossible. That's why Paul says, listen, I've been in good times when I was making the cash. but well, I loved it. I could function like that. And when I, I have no money, and he says it like this, in the good times and the bad, right? Then Philippians 4.13, that football players will put on their face, and I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, right? We use that for touchdowns and hoops and everything else. But Paul said, I can live in riches or poverty, anywhere in between. I can do all things through Christ. That's where my strength comes from. Church, listen, that's where your strength comes from today. Lost person today, that's where your strength comes from if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Jesus said himself to Nicodemus, a religious ruler, you must be born again. You must. There is no other way. There's no way to get to heaven except through Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, your belief in that God raised him from the dead. There is no other way to be saved under heaven except by the name of Jesus. Listen, unquestionably free, that's where I am. You say, what about, give me all the reasons why I'm not free, and I'll tell you, where am I free? My soul is set free. Died today, fall out right here, look at the pastor. What happened to him? He went to heaven. That's all. That's only except, car wreck, he's crushed up. Well, he was preaching about the freedom of God. He's been set completely free now, right? After from the body, present with the Lord. I can't lose, you can't lose as a brother and sister in Christ today. Let's pray together on that high note. Let's pray. Our God and our Father, as the musicians come, Father, we, as a, as a church, we've agreed, Lord, we have an invitation to invite our brothers and our sisters to repentance and our friends and family, Lord, if you're working in their life, Lord, would you stir their heart that they might come, run, rush to be saved, Lord, knowing that they're unquestionably free. For many years, Lord, so many of us sat in the churches and heard messages and made us feel good, feel bad, stepped on our toes, whatever we say. But Father, we never knew you. Father, I'm asking today, would you do a work in our church and in our friends and family, those who are watching by Facebook and by YouTube, Lord, and even in the future, would you save their souls, Lord, because you care about them more than we do. We don't even want our enemies, Lord, to go to hell. Today, Lord, would you do a work that only you can do. We trust you. We need you because, Lord, you're God. We're not. We're limited. We can read your word. We can shout hallelujah and praise the Lord. We can sing with joy. Father, don't let us miss telling the truth that you are the truth. Don't let us miss talking about sin because the world says, be quiet. Don't offend somebody. And, Lord, you offended these men that you talked to in the word today. You called them liars and, and sons of Satan because you wanted to turn their hearts, Lord, to the truth. We must know that we're a sinner in order to be saved. And I think it's very evident from the scripture today. Lord, would you save that soul that's near as hell today, that they might be born again and be set free, unquestionably free. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.